Welcome to the Three Questions Podcast. We take questions from our church family and do our best to answer them from a biblical worldview. We have the privilege to serve the Lord's Church here locally at Southern Hills Baptist Church, Oklahoma City. Our lead pastor is Doug Melton. Randy Woodall is our pastor of missions and evangelism. My name's Daniel Snow, and I get to be pastor of discipleship and young adults. You guys uh, are constantly sending in questions, and we always want to just ask to keep sending more. And the ways you can do that are you can text 505-258-2076. You can email threequestionspodcast at myshbc.com with the number three up front. Or you can go to the website myshbc.com slash contacts. And we will always keep your questions anonymous. And okay, today's confidential question <laughs> that's right. Well, before we even get to that, today's episode is number 50. 50. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, that's Should we eat pizza or something? It's, Absolutely. I think we should go to Cracker Barrel and, and you, celebrate. You know it. Thank you for bringing that back in. Yes. Chicken and dumplings. Yeah, that's hard to go wrong with. No, you can't. You can't. It's hard to mess up. 50th is the golden anniversary. Golden Corral. Okay. Hey, they're oh, back yeah. open. They're back I in would, business. Golden I would arches. actually, I would actually go Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's between those two, they have gold on the sign. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So our fun question today is: Where will you be on vacation this summer, Daniel? You know what? Honestly, we have not nailed it down. Um, yeah, we haven't. I would, I would like to say the beach, but I'm not sure. How about See. you guys? Well, we're looking at the lake. Yeah. Awesome. Which yeah. one? Uh, beaver. Oh, okay. yeah. That's yeah. Nice. It looks That's like it looks there. like uh, some of the suns can come in, and so we'll all be up there together. Oh, exciting. Yeah. That'll be cool. Randy? Uh, we're looking at a road trip, I think, going to see some old missionary colleagues in different parts of, uh, of the country and maybe end up out at uh, South Carolina to see AJ and Tima's place. And so nice. Yeah. Jeremy? Pompano Beach, Florida. Oh, man, that's a good call. Hey, I've got a whole list of places to eat. I already have it in my notes. Okay. It's been sent to me. We're ready to roll this summer. That's is, awesome. Is Cracker Barrel one of them? Yes, it is. <laughs> and Mare Mare will turn 11 while we're on the beach. Wow. Wow. That that's a good way to celebrate. Crazy. 11 years old. That's good. Very cool. Wow. Which, speaking of, last night the kids did such a great job, I thought, singing. They oh, were they fun were to watch so, and fun. listen to. Yeah. And and even Echo, they did the, did you, yes. on the one part, there was like the Echo in the music, but they went ahead and supplied their own. Yeah, that front row yeah. led by Lydia yes. <laughs> brought that out. <laughs> okay, and you got to hand it to them. I mean, just the fact that these kids now know all the books of the Bible, that's got to put them in like the top two percentile or something of, of the world, you know? <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty fun. I thought that was awesome. That's great. I'd never heard that that Bible song before. Yeah. Do you know all the books now, Randy? I do not. Well, we'll help you learn the song I later. Know most Actually, of them. I'll turn you. I'll turn the minor, CD over yeah, to you. It's those minor <laughs> prophets. The minor prophets throw the whole thing off. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. And they probably sort of got a complex, maybe being the minor prophets. They do. They do. I mean, they did their best. You got to wonder where those names came from. I mean, can you imagine that at some point, some mom was yelling, hey, guy, you get in here right now. Yeah, I mean, that just, <laughs> just doesn't ring, does it? <laughs> First question for today is, what does it mean that Jesus is 
the supreme prophet, priest, and king, all three offices. What does that mean? And, and first of all, I think it's good for us to establish that indeed Jesus was prophet, priest, and king, uh, that when he spoke, it was God speaking through him. That's, that's the prophet function. Exactly. He yeah. came, as a matter of fact, the very first thing it says about him in the Gospels is he came proclaiming the kingdom of God. And so mm-hmm. there, there's a prophet function. And then priest. Priest, yeah. So priest meaning that he, prophet is representing God to people. Priest is representing people before God. And we see very much highlighted in the book of Hebrews mm-hmm. that he is our great high priest, that all these other Old Testament, Old Covenant high priests were little shadows Exactly. And he is the one they were pointing to that actually fulfills it all. Not only, I mean, they were offering sacrifices for themselves and the people, and it was something else that was sacrificed. He actually was himself the sacrifice and no more have to be offered. That's yeah, good. That's right. That's good. And, and we, we think of Melchizedek when we think of that's that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mel- Melchizedek, a priest in the Old Testament uh, without origin. Are they, no yeah. one yeah. knew. Yeah. Yeah, which points us ahead to Jesus Christ, that uh, and and a beginning that no one can understand. That's right. Yeah. And then his kingly function, of course, with the whole idea that no no being, nobody else deserves our allegiance and our our confidence, our devotion like Jesus. He is the and and of course in all three of these functions, the questioner was saying that he is the supreme prophet, the supreme priest, and the the supreme high king. And, uh, and because all of those three functions, Jesus fulfilled uniquely. Mm-hmm. Nobody else could fulfill it. Every word Jesus spoke was the word of God Yeah, because he was the God-man speaking. And so, you know, there, there will never, it's impossible that we are going to read or hear other words that so fully reflect the character and teaching and na- nature of God as what Jesus could speak because he was God speaking. That's right. And, and and in the Old Testament, when God chose his people, God was their king. That's right. That was what was such an affront to God whenever they said, well, we want our we want a king like the other nations have. Well, God was their king. He, that's right. Yeah. I mean, that's what he told Samuel, wasn't it? He just said, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Yeah, that's good. That's right. Yeah. And for all of those Old Testament, uh, the people that were filling those Old Testament offices, the Holy Spirit would come on specific people, specific times for specific purposes. Jesus is anointed by the Holy Spirit for his entire earthly ministry. And, and he fulfills it obviously perfectly. Um, one scripture that seems to point to him in all three offices might be Revelation 1, 5, where it says, um, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of, of kings on earth. So you've got prophet, faithful witness, priest, firstborn, firstborn of the dead, he himself is the sacrifice, mm-hmm. and the ruler of kings on earth, yeah. king. And you know, in today's age, I mean, I was, Sandy and I were watching the news this morning, and, and I'm sure at every generation, there comes a point when you think, 
oh my word, is the world ever in need of a high priest, prophet, and and king like now? I mean, mm-hmm. when there seems to be so much pain and anger and and bitterness and division, you know, and and to know, to find comfort in knowing that we do have a priest, a prophet, a king. We have a we have one who controls, who turns the hearts of kings like streams in a desert, who mm-hmm. speaks perfect, infallible truth. Who, uh, did you get that, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. I love it. Hey, 50th episode. <laughs> of course, this had to be on the 50th. This is, this is awesome. <laughs> For 49 times, Doug had that phone off. But on the 50th... <laughs> Not today. Right. You might as well, you know, just kind of make a little little splash. <laughs> we Doug is loving this right now. We appreciate now. the caller who just called Doug just yeah. to see. Thanks, Lana. Thanks, <laughs> Lana. More, more of that. We love it. Uh, but, it but the truth is, that we, there is comfort. I mean, I know it seems like sometimes the world is coming apart, and yet Jesus invites us to come with our burdens, those who are weary, who are tired of it all. And he says, and then come to me because my yoke is easy. It's just yeah. such a great promise. Awesome. Okay. Next question is is basically a follow-up to the first, but instead of two for the price of one, I went ahead and split them up. And so the second question is, is there a sense in which all believers in the new covenant are now serving the kingdom of God with lesser offices as prophets, priests, and kings. Um, Obviously, we know Jesus is the supreme, but is there a way in which, a sense in which believers in the New Testament, New New Covenant, serve in those offices also? You bet. And, And I think by helping us to see in Scripture that indeed Jesus is the supreme prophet, priest, and king, then we believe because then Christ is in me, mm-hmm. that is the only way that we would be able to serve in any way in any of those functions mm-hmm. is because Christ is in us. But again, as, as Daniel pointed out a while ago, prophet is representing God before people, and we do get to do that. We do. Yeah, we get to be truth proclaimers. It is. It is a... It is a job, a responsibility that has, is, has graciously been given to us, that we get to be truth proclaimers. To be honest, God could have kept his truth moving forward in any way he wanted to, literally could have written it in the sky, if that's mm-hmm. what he wanted to do, with words. Like, I think he does write it in the sky through general revelation, yeah. but like literally he could have written words in the sky if he wanted to, but he wants to use his people to proclaim. It's a, it's a job to do. You bet. And that's why it's so important. We talked about this not too long ago that uh, I, I think in a sermon or something that whenever you're sharing with someone or, or someone asks you a question, you're kind of doing guidance or, or counseling. Man, even if you can't quote the verse, do everything you can to tell people what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Because then that way we are proclaiming truth and we are able to say, thus says the Lord. We're able to point to the word of God and and let someone know, I'm, I'm just not sharing with you my opinion. That's right. I really want you to know what God's word says. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. exactly right. You know, and, and that kingly function, the idea that we are part of a kingdom, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the Bible tells us that our citizenship is no longer with, the, with, with lost man, but we are citizens of a, of a heavenly and eternal home, an eternal kingdom. And so we get the opportunity then, as Scripture says, as his ambassadors, to represent the kingdom of God to men. Mm-hmm. And so we do that just exactly like what Doug said. We do that through speaking his words, not our own philosophies or thoughts or, or ideas, because we don't have to come up with the answer to most questions. God's word is answered. I mean, and we just have to know the word well enough to be able to, to respond and to answer that way. And part of our function is we are supposed to be those who are going out that great commission concept of going out and taking the good news of God's kingdom to people and and inviting them to be a part of it taking mm-hmm. that gospel witness out so we do in a sense perform all three of those functions now if i may though what Doug brother Doug shared last night if you missed last night's service going over our church's 2025 vision report you know, Doug wisely took us into Ephesians 4, where the Bible does say that God provides for his church people who who perform functions, roles within the church. He said there would be apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so pastors, teachers. So, I mean, it does that, that doesn't mean that everybody is called to be a, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, a uh, along those lines, God does gift certain people to perform those functions as a vocation. Mm-hmm. But all of us, as part of the kingdom of God, are supposed to speak truth well, invite people into relationship with God, and be ambassadors for for Christ's kingdom to everyone. Yeah, and it seems like with the with the priest part of it, we also in our prayer life. We get to represent uh, people before God. We get to intercede for people with our prayers, and that's that's not a small thing. That's a a huge thing. Exactly right. Uh, I mean, it's a real thing that we bring people up before the throne of grace because we can. As as part of the kingdom of God, we can. Um, I mean, that that's something unique to believers. We get to represent other people before God by bringing them before God in our prayers. And and with the king and queen role of being royal heirs, it, it not only lets us know that there's something great coming that we get to constantly look forward to no matter how dark uh, our times get in this life, but also in those times when we're just wondering, man, is God just putting up with me right now? Uh, <laughs> we can know that, no, actually, he delights in you. Uh, you're part of the family. You're part of the kingdom. Um, I, I know for me personally, I've been really just shocked by that in Psalm 23, where it says he sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and uh, he anoints, anoints my, my head, head with, with oil. Which is a king. Yeah, yeah. a royal. Yeah, exactly. A, royal, a sign of royalty. And and then my cup overflows. like. This is a picture of someone, an honored guest who's not having to get their own refills. It just keeps being brought. What's needed keeps being brought. And for the thought that God would delight in a human is honestly in some ways more shocking to me 
than that he parted the Red Sea or shut the mouths of lions. Like, like I mean, it's really, honestly, it's hard for me to comprehend. Mm-hmm. But he does. I mean, if it wasn't in the Bible, I don't think I could possibly believe that. But it's there. And then it makes you wonder, if God delights in other in us so much, who am I to to not appreciate or to to hold prejudice against somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know, if God delights in them, mm-hmm. then you know I'm supposed to aspire to that same level of love for my neighbor and uh, care for others as well. Awesome. Okay. Third question is: How do science and faith mix, or do they? Absolutely. Yeah, they absolutely mix. In fact, now I will say this: I'm, I'm you know, my uh, one of the great ironies of life and proof God has a sense of humor was that He let me finish a degree in biochemistry <laughs> before calling me into ministry. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things I will warn people about is that even in my four years of study, textbooks changed constantly, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean we throw science out and think there's no value in science because it's always progressing and growing and changing and adapting, and sometimes erroneously? Mm-hmm. But that's the whole idea of science. We observe, we measure, we try to hypothesize or theorize based on what we see and then Mm -hmm. see if that proves to be true. And oftentimes it doesn't Mm -hmm. prove to be true. But what we do hold as Christians is a perspective on science that many scientists don't have. And that is the idea that we understand and comprehend that the world was made, was created by a creator who is wiser than all. And the very nature of Scripture teaches us that there are so many things that are eternal and constant mm-hmm. that never change. And so we know that there are eternal, uh, absolute truths out there that will never change. We don't ever have to worry about next month, God's going to give us a biblical revision and say, yeah. okay, wait yeah. a minute, this part, that whole Exodus thing, we're going to take that out and we're going to change it and modify it. Never going to happen. So science and faith do mix, but what we have to understand is science, when it finally reaches that point where it comprehends truth, that truth is always going to support Scripture, never be antagonistic towards it. Where science is antagonistic towards Scripture, we have to just accept the fact that science is still growing and progressing and it will eventually come around to where it, it agrees with what Scripture tells us. Well, I think it's so important, man. I agree with everything Randy said. And I think it's so important for us never to think that, uh, that we had God and then all of a sudden science burst onto the scene and God was fully not, oh, I hadn't planned on science, mm-hmm. hadn't even thought about that. No, God from the very beginning the fact that he put us in a place, human beings, to where we could observe mm-hmm. the universe. Uh, guys, we're in a pocket part of the galaxy that is so uh, against probability that we would even be able to observe mm-hmm. galaxies. Uh, is an amazing thing that right. God did from the very beginning because 
He was planning on signs. Made he us was, conscious observers. Absolutely, absolutely. And the fact then that the skies are an orderly sky. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, well, science is based upon being able to repeat an observation. Mm-hmm. Well, so God provided them a, a tableau, a, a perfectly formed orderly sky for us to be able to observe. Absolutely, science and religion do mix. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even just the, the question science and faith mix, I, I would, we can't chase this rabbit, but I would just throw out there that even every, every scientist has faith. Even the non-Christian scientists That's have faith. Exactly right. Everyone believes certain things that they can't prove in a laboratory and they weren't there to be an eyewitness of. That's true for everyone, not just the, the Christian believer. Now, the Christian believer, I think, does have, just like you guys said, so many reasons to be some of the best scientists in the world. Not that Christians can be the only great scientists in the world, but Christians have great reasons to be really good scientists because science is the pursuit of design. Mm-hmm. How, how do things work? And the Christian faith gives us the why things work. Um, all the design points back to the designer, the creator in all of his majesty. Yeah. yeah. The purpose, the meaning science can't answer that question. Mm-hmm. Science can tell us there is an earth that is habitable by humans. Mm-hmm. And we can't tell you why mm-hmm. it's habitable by humans, but it, that or with the purpose of the meaning of it. Science yeah. is actually to me, science is a tool that better helps us understand God because God is creator. The more we discover about creation, the better we understand our creator. And if you think about it, so many of the principles, the scientific principles of, uh, of, of physics and, and astronomy and all Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, God used those. I mean, think about it. Why did the wise men come from the East? Because they saw something that was an anomaly that was not, part of the normal night sky. You know, why was everybody shocked when the Red Sea parted? Because seas don't do that. That's not the way water chemically behaves, right. but it did. And so God, you know, the the fact that God has given us an, a scientific order, things that are constant, not just scriptural or spiritual laws, but physical laws that are, that are constant, which te- helps me to understand how constant God is, how he doesn't change. His love for me is going to be as rock solid as the North star is going to be in the North. Every time I look there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it is awesome. It is awesome. And even, even this weekend, I got to read an article in a, in a magazine about things that are just now learning about what happens in a mother's body uh, that allows her to just incredible. Even after like a heart failure during delivery, there's things that, that God has set in place that they're only now discovering that allow her to heal. Um, and got, and that was, that's been going on before we ever could see that it was happening or why it was happening. Um, but it has constantly been pointing back at him even before we had the technology to see it. Yes. Amazing. That science, you know, the Bible is not a scientific textbook. It's not what it's designed to be. But isn't it interesting that the more scientific discovery we do, it bears out what the scripture tells us. Precisely. And so 
3,500 years ago, uh, the Jews would circumcise a male child on the eighth day. Mm-hmm. Well, now we know that, isn't it interesting that on the eighth day of a male child's life, his vitamin K level is at its absolute highest, which allows blood to coagulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's no right. way right. the Jewish people could have known that, but that's what God told them to do. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, science bears out what the scripture tells us. It is awesome. And, and whether we're looking at the human body and things that are microscopic or we're looking up into the sky, I think we all know that Psalm 19 is a big highlight here when it says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Um, I mean, God is proclaiming his majesty through what he's made, and science should give the Christian every reason to pursue that That's and understand and that. And enjoy it. And enjoy, enjoy it. Enjoy the pursuit of it, Yeah, the study of it. So, yeah, I would encourage all you young scientists out there, there's, there's no conflict. There's mm-hmm. no worry. Uh, you're going to meet those, obviously, in, in science, but you'll meet them in every field who— refuse to acknowledge or who deny the existence of God, but don't, don't fear any pursuit of, as you say, of truth, because, mm-hmm. because God is the author of all truth. And, uh, and I think, uh, it should make a Christian scientist an even more, um, accomplished and, and ardent pursuer of, of truth. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. And, the, the fact that sometimes the uh, scientists would even say, well, science and faith, they observe the world in a different way. I'm, I'm not necessarily even agreeing yeah. with that because we're observing the same world and God invites us to observe his world. Look at the creation. That's right. God is he's calling the scientists and the faith people and, and, and overlapping between those, observe the world. And then I would add one more observable, orderly, and let me give you one more Oh, there are some things that are outside our realm of understanding. And and Daniel, you hinted at this a while ago. If scientists are honest, when they go back all the way to the beginning, they still can't explain Mm -hmm. and have to come to the place of that's outside our realm of understanding. Mm -hmm. And that's where faith enters in. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. Another gift of God. Right. Those secret things are his gift that, that, that help faith be a viable and a necessary part of, a, of that abundant life. It's awesome. Okay. I just well, kept picturing you when you were talking about the magazine. You were just sitting at Cracker Barrel, just <laughs> oh enjoying that magazine on a, on, a, on a 50th anniversary of this uh, you know, podcast here. So 50th you know, episode. It's the right way to celebrate. It, it is. <laughs> On the rocking chairs with the Smithsonian Magazine. Magazine. I just picked a nice cup of coffee right beside you, and you're just enjoying life. <laughs> Thanks for that picture. I'm, I'm sure all the listeners can see it in their own mind's eye. Okay. All right, Jeremy Johnson, regardless of those last comments, we still thank you for putting this whole thing together. And you guys that listen, thanks for for just doing that. Thanks for putting up with us. And we obviously hope it's always helpful. Know that you can share it, you can subscribe to it, and um, let folks know that, that they can 
access the podcast for free wherever they get their podcasts. And remember that the God of the Bible is never surprised or offended by our honest questions. Mm-hmm.